you guys want to turn there in your notes, open your Bibles and so forth. <clears throat> Revelation 21, just kind of crawling through Revelation 21 here, but hopefully tonight we'll get down to verse 14. Uh, awesome title tonight, Overcomer Shall Inherit All Things. Are you an overcomer tonight? Well, let me tell you the key. You know, I'm not sure the key is Jesus Christ. And so we'll get into that. But the last few weeks here uh, in Revelation 21, I think really the, the, one of the key phrases is all things made new. And praise God, that time is coming when all things will be made new. We know there's a tribulation that's on the horizon, a seven-year period here on this world called, the again, Great Tribulation. And we've talked a lot about that. We know that, again, the church will come back with Christ at the end of that time. And then there will be a judgment and a thousand-year reign on earth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after that, uh, and again, so many details, which I'm not going to recap tonight. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And you know what? No more sin, no more effects of sin. We saw last week no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. All those things that came when man sinned there in the garden. And there's going to be a perfect relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Lord came here, you know what, and uh, you know what, ministered and went to the cross, it wasn't to set up a temporary kingdom. He declared, my kingdom is not of this world. He came to set up an eternal kingdom, again, to conquer our enemies of sin, death, hell, and Satan. And praise God, we have a, a glorious future before us. And the Lord wants us to be aware of these things. There in Ephesians, Paul uh, praying, you know, as the Holy Spirit moved on him to pray for those in Ephesus and for us because God's word is written for his people. He's praying here and he prays that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And in part, we're looking at our portfolio tonight. This is part of our inheritance in the Lord God Almighty. We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. The word of God declares, praise God above everything. We have relationship with the Lord. The Lord's with us to the end of the age. Again, by grace alone, through faith alone, and him alone, to the glory of God alone. And then just the inheritance, it just, it just, keeps, it just keeps abounding. Again, this new heaven and new earth that we will uh, inherit and be part of forever in the Lord of, of a perfect contentment, a perfect peace, perfect fellowship with God and perfect fellowship with one another. We've seen in this for that new heaven and new earth to come that the old things will pass away. And we saw there in Peter's epistles how these things are preserved for fire. And uh, I shared on Sunday, I want to come back to this. Uh, we, talked, we talked about it the last few weeks and I wanted to come back to it tonight here at the beginning and then we'll move forward. And I think that this is something we really need to have before us to have a healthy walk and a healthy understanding even of the things that God has put into our hands right now to be stewards of. That all these things are going to pass away. I mean, even the Bible declares you come into the world with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. And absolutely, as followers of the Lord, all those things that, you know what, God gives us, whether it's a talent or time or treasures, material things and so forth, those all ultimately belong to God. And the Bible says we're stewards of those things and we're to manage them and use them 
not for selfish endeavors. Absolutely, they're there in part to provide for us and our families and to be good stewards of those things. And that way, and he blesses us with, with many blessings. When, when they become idols or we're not thankful for them, that's when it's really problematic. But ultimately, all these things belong to the Lord and we're caretakers of them. We're stewards of them, of the glory of God. And it's very freeing when we recognize again that all these things will pass away. And talked about even, you know, this facility that we're blessed with, that we're doing some work days on. It's ultimately preserved for fire. But in the meantime, we want to use it for God's glory. And we want to understand that even the call to be stewards of these things, it's a greater privilege than, again, if you don't know the Lord and these things are your gods. And so many people, they run around and the things of this world they're their gods. I mean, so much of the infighting in the world and the oppositions of nations and political parties and stuff, it really all comes down to, you know, who has more stuff and more power than the other people. And so, for there, you know, there's a lot of other things involved, moral issues, which more important and so forth. But again, it's like they're, they're, they're fighting over something that's preserved for fire. It, it's all going to burn. It's, it's, it's not going to last. I gave the illustration of vacation bible school how we worked for two or three months to build all these sets and everything and listen it's worth every minute because we get administered a a packed sanctuary this past year of kids but all of those sets they were preserved ultimately for the dumpster because you know at the paper mache octopus out there we we had to kind of duct tape it together and paint it in place that that thing wouldn't still be up there again we we used it for a set time for a great purpose and then it was ultimately preserved for the dumpster and if anyone would have set their heart on those sets and that lasting and boy i'm gonna have satisfaction how foolish when you know that this is for a short endeavor that's all that it's for and it's the same thing with all this stuff it's the same with our bank account and our material things and the clothes on our back and so forth. And listen, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be grateful and thankful. We should. We're a blessed, blessed people. I mean, God's good to us in those things, absolutely. But boy, it's healthy to understand. I'm a steward of these things. And you know what? They're not going to last. But what is going to last? Souls are going to last. And those that have faith in Christ, their soul's going to live eternity with the Lord Jesus for eternity and in, in this new heaven and new earth we have a great future and hope but we'll be reminded tonight those that reject them they have their part in the lake of fire I'll tell you the new heaven and new earth they don't have any bearing on that lake of fire it doesn't say and then all those in the lake of fire they've done their penance and now they're brought in no they're subjected to a second death whereas in Christ Jesus we are born again unto eternal life so we'll touch on that but before we get there again in what we have of being stewards of again all this is preserved for fire but there is some good news in that practically look at those things that we do and when we manage these things and use them for god's glory we're told that all that we do is going to be put to fire as well and those things done unto the lord those things you know what used to you know glorify god and use properly it says those things will endure the fire 
and there's going to be reward found in that. It, it's not a salvation issue, but it is a stewardship issue. And I know for a lot of people, you get into these things, and the Bible talks so much about it. Jesus talks so much about it. The parable of the talents, the parable of the minas, you know what? Use those things. You're a steward. Use those things for your master's glory so you have something to show him. Lord, you gave me one talent, but I mustered up two, you know? And he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. There's so many people, they're so short-sighted and they, they, they forget these things are preserved for fire. Or they, they just don't care about it, usually out of carnal Christianity. But the day's gonna come when we will care. And, and how horrible in that day, gloriously, again, our salvation is to the Lord and that's a glorious thing. But how horrible when that fire comes, which isn't just gonna be all this stuff in a new heaven and a new earth, our works and how we build on that foundation of Christ will be put to the fire. And how sad if it's all just wood, hay, and stubble and it burns away. How sad. Maybe today it's like, well, I'm rejoicing because I have more, but how sad when that all burns away. And I'll tell you in that as well, the Bible even talks about the devourer that will come in the life of the believer. Again, God chastens his own when we are selfish with our talents and so things you know go read the book of Haggai where he talks about look at the house of the Lord's in ruins while you panel your homes which means you know you're it's it's not just putting a home a roof over your head for your family which is a high priority but you're almost worshiping your homes while the temple of the Lord lies in ruins and he says for this reason there's holes in your pockets for this reason you can't get ahead I'm chasing you in and I'm correcting you. And there's principles in these things. One way that you can know that you're a child of God, if, if you're not being a good steward of what you have, God will let a devourer come in. If you're in a place where you're like, oh, I know God, but I'm selfish in everything I have and I just keep abounding in it, you should check your salvation. You should really check if he's your Lord. I'll tell you the opposite. Talking to a brother about this tonight brought the subject matter up when it comes to giving unto the lord god says to test us in that area to see he won't open up the windows of heaven and bless us and i'll tell you those windows of heaven opening up it's not just the confidence to know that god's going to provide for my needs but it's also again that obedience it's part of our worship of god to know that god's going to empower me with the spirit as i'm a good steward god empowers good stewardship but let me tell you, selfish stewardship quenches the Holy Spirit of God. And again, going back to the fire in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 14, and then we'll get going here with verse 7. But this is just pressed on my heart. And um, I had this in the notes on Sunday in Romans because Paul talks about giving there and so forth, and we didn't have the time. So I thought, well, we'll just touch it tonight and then move forward. I want to be obedient to the Lord in that. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. You are God's building according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation, another builds on it. Notice, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Again, in Christ, the Lord Jesus is the cornerstone. Our salvation, our eternity, it's all on Christ. Without Christ, we have nothing. So now we're in Christ, again, by grace through faith in him. How are our lives being built? What are we doing with, again, all these things that are ultimately 
preserved and prepared for fire. He says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, and then he says wood, hay, and straw, notice each one's work. And this is where we're going to have a personal judgment or we have a personal responsibility. It doesn't say each group's work, though absolutely it's a glorious thing when individuals come together as a group and each bear their own load as we're called to but it says each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by notice here's that word again fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is if anyone's work which has built uh, has built on it endures he will receive notice a reward and anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. And this is where we thank God for his grace, but he will be saved, yet so is through the fire. And so salvation is in the Lord. It's, it's not a salvation issue, but absolutely. There's a higher responsibility in the life of a believer. Before we were just about aimless conduct. Now we have the spirit of God. Now we have the word of God. Now we have instruction from God. And now we have the privilege to even know, yeah, that stuff, were, that stuff was just, it was idols before. But now I recognize these are gifts from God and I have the privilege to be a steward of these things. Look at guys, that's a, that's a higher privilege than the richest people in the world that just worship all of their stuff and all their power, this big power grab the last few years it's been the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of the world the high ups stealing from the middle class basically and they're going to give an account for god to god for that but again they're not stewards of those things unto god maybe a few exceptions they don't walk in thiefery you know but for the most part look at they think this is the, the end all of things and the more we have, you know, it, the happier we'll be and so forth. The truth is though, even if you have one or two talents and you recognize these belong to God and I have the privilege to steward them as a servant of God for the glory of the Lord, to be thankful and grateful and so forth. Look, at that's a higher privilege than all that other nonsense put together. And I can evidence that by pointing you in the scriptures there right before the Lord gave the Olivet Discourse uh, in the Gospels, they're, they're sitting there and the Lord's watching as people put gifts in, into that box, right? And it says the rich came in and they even put in a lot, though it wasn't out of their livelihood. It wasn't much of a sacrifice because they had so much. And then that widow comes in that has two mites and she puts it in and the Lord who's taking note of all of this, the Lord's taking note. He says she gave more than all they gave. Why? Because she gave out of her livelihood. It was a sacrifice. She says, I just got two mites. That's all I have. But I want to steward them unto the Lord. And it was a great step of faith. And God saw that. And God honored that. Now, listen, we got to give as, as we purpose in our heart, as we seek God in it. And we give cheerfully the Lord loves a cheerful giver. It's never begrudgingly. It's, it's never out of necessity. That's one of the reasons why we don't pass baskets here. We don't put thermometers up. We got, you know what? If you don't give, this ministry is gonna go out of business, you know, that kind of thing. Then let it go. Because God will always provide and he always does. I marvel at it. But I'll tell you, it's so much better to just have that healthy perspective. I'm a steward. And none of this belongs to me. It belongs to God. 
that all belongs to the Lord. And then how sobering to know our works and what we'll do. We'll find out what sort of work it is. Is it a selfish work? Is it idolatry? Was it about the flesh and self-promotion and just, you know what, trying to find a little comfort in this stuff? And again, God blesses us. We're a blessed, blessed people. Or is it something though where, yes, you know what, I was thankful for what I had. I steward these things well to provide for my home and family and that's a big part of it, you know, not making it an idol, being thankful for what we have for God's glory and so forth. And, and ultimately putting God first in it. So we find out this is gold, silver, and precious stones. We're over here. You got wood, hay, and stubble. And again, for many, they got these wood, hay, and stubble monuments that they just worship. And it's like, bro, that's wood, hay, and stubble, you know? That's going to go through the fire and go up like that. Wood, hay, and stubble, man. Those things start fires, right? I mean, this, this just fuels a fire, so I just think it's, it's just a glorious truth that we need to have before us. Again, we're a privileged people. We're blessed with much. We want to be thankful for that stuff. And we want to recognize we're here to steward it unto the Lord. And ultimately, it's all preserved for fire. And none of it from here will be taken to there, but we will give an account. And there's opportunity in this stuff to have rewards, to have crowns, which... You know what, it won't be a thing in heaven where we'll talk about this many times. Oh, look at all my crowns. No, it says the 24 elders take those and they lay them at the feet of the Lord to worship him. And how awesome to get to glory and have a few crowns that you can take and you can, you know, put at the feet of the Lord. And there's quite a few of those crowns talked about in the scripture. So again, all things made new, a new heaven, a new earth. These old things will pass away. And tonight, we'll see as we overcome in Christ, we'll inherit all things. And we'll begin to talk about this new Jerusalem that comes down. Really, it's like heaven merging with this new earth, no longer tainted by sin. Let's read 7 through 14. And then that's the pre-sermon to these verses here. It says, He overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be as God, and he shall be my son. Notice, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and show me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So again, verse seven, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. I'll be as God and he shall be my son. The only way to overcome, and he's talking about overcoming 
that second death spoken about here in the next verse, overcoming sin, which again subjects us to that second death, overcoming Satan, who's the prince of power and the ruler of this earth, overcoming the world, our own flesh, hell, all that stuff. There's only one way to overcome it. It's through Jesus Christ. It's him and him alone. Notice 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And it's not just faith in whatever, oh, you know, the faith community. No, no. It's faith in Jesus Christ. I say there's two faith communities, faith in whatever else, which is foolishness, which even includes atheists and religious folks that are spiritual. And then there's faith in Jesus Christ, which comprises the body of Christ. All those with faith in the Lord. In fact, he overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. When we put faith in Christ, we become what? Born again. Our sins are nailed to the cross, so to speak. We get baptized in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We get sealed by the Holy Spirit. Then God wants to daily fill us afresh, baptize us afresh, so to speak, that out of our hearts will flow torrents of living water. But when we die in Christ, again, we become a new creation. We are born again. And now we're not subjected to what? the second death that we read about in the next verse. Again, it's appointed for man to die once and after death, the judgment. And when you come to Christ, you die and you become born again. And now you're not subjected to that second death because of faith in Jesus because he died for our sins, laid down his life, and he rose again and he conquered all of those things. The Lord overcame all those things in his resurrection. And in faith in Jesus Christ, through Christ, we overcome those things through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's all about Jesus. Nothing that we do add to that. It's him and him alone. Put your faith fully in the Lord. That's the gospel. It's not 99% Jesus and a little bit of me. Now again, real faith has real works or evidences, but it's 100% faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We read there in Revelation 12, we, we were in this months ago, where we're seeing these even tribulation saints that are under a great persecution. And then we even see an insight to what's going on in heaven right now where Satan accuses us night and day, but the Lord says, no, they're under my blood. They've overcome through me. But notice what it says about them there in verse 11. It says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Again, the blood of the lamb. And what's the word of their testimony? Jesus is my Lord. And the evidence of it was seen in their lives. There was evidence of their faith. So again, tonight, praise God. Are you in Jesus Christ? Can you say amen to that? Then listen, we are overcomers. And notice here, he who overcomes shall inherit. Notice here, all things. We're going to walk around heaven and go, well, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Most of all, again, what's the greatest inheritance? What's he say next? And I will be his God and he shall be my son. That's the, that's the great inheritance. We're, we're his inheritance and he's our inheritance. And again, it's going to be a 
perfect relationship with the Lord where there's a perfect contentment with the Lord forever and ever and ever. In our fleshly thinking, we start thinking, and heaven's gonna get boring after a while and so forth, uh, but, but it never will. It never will. It's gonna be glorious forever and ever. Again, perfect, perfect relationship with God, the giver of life and every good thing where perfect contentment is found. And again, a perfect relationship with one another and again we do know god is a creative god and he he, he's a god that that is active and so i know as well it's not going to be clouds with harps and togas and whatnot that's a creation of the devil to try to mock heaven and try to mock the glorious future we have in the lord because again we're going to inherit all things and ultimately again the greatest inheritance is god himself but there are going to be things there and praise god we'll be able to manage them and steward them perfectly how sad though for again those that reject the lord as it says there in luke 9 25 what profit uh, is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost so he gains the whole world here which would be what he thinks he needs to achieve that satisfaction He's able to obtain that and how sad he obtains all of that, but he loses his soul. But when you come to Christ, you say, I want to serve the Lord. We know that we are going to gain all things, inherit all things eternal. And again, we, we, we get the fixed version. <laughs> we, we, we get the redeemed version. We get that which hasn't been tainted by sin and so forth. That's going to need no remodeling or upkeep because that all comes from sin. When a curse came on this world, how glorious it is. And then again, I will be as God and he shall be my son. We have that promise before us, but praise God, that promise is even true right now. Again, notice John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him to them, he, be, he gave the right to become children of God. Notice we see the, that B word again, to those who believe in his name who were born talking about being born again not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of man but of god when we come to christ we become again we come to christ in faith believing in him we become born again and in christ we're adopted sons and daughters of the living god and look at it's not it's 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 a, a father who we're reverent of and we respect and we have a fear of god because we know that yes he's true to his blessings and he's also true to chasten and to discipline his children that's a healthy relationship when a child and a parent has that relationship where that kid knows i know my mom and dad love me but i also know they're going to discipline me if i don't follow the rules and they're doing that for my own good they're doing that to keep me from harm. That's a great picture of grace, having a heavenly father that loves us and also corrects us. And so we respect him in that manner, but praise God, we also just know that we can just crawl up into his lap and say, Abba, Father, oh Lord, meet me where I'm at. We can cry out to him and so forth. Notice there, Romans eight fifteen. you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're the children of God. 
and of children, and we're speaking about this now, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And indeed, we suffer with him that we also may be glorified with him. Notice verse 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We saw in the previous chapters, this is a fire that burns night and day forever. And listen, this is important that it is where it is because there's a lot of liars out there trying to you know what, misrepresent God and his word. People that say, well, you know what, ultimately everything will be saved. Everyone will be restored. Listen, God's not gonna go against people's will. If you say no to Jesus in this time here, God's gonna honor that forever. He's not gonna force a relationship on anybody. We come to him in humility. We come to him in brokenness. Guys, this is the valley of decision. This is decision time. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. It doesn't say, but you know, if you don't choose today, once you're in that lake of fire, then you can choose. That's, that's not there. It just isn't. And some people say, oh, what a wicked God. Well, listen, let's remember, God told man, if you eat of that tree, you're gonna die. Saint came along and said, if you eat of it, you won't die. In fact, you'll be like God. God's bad. A man says, okay, I'm going to eat of that tree. And God could have just said, we're just going to leave you there. But instead, what did he do in his love? He promised his son and his son came, lived a sinless life. Again, took the wrath due us upon, uh, due us upon himself. The wages of sin is death. He paid our penalty and that he died for us. But praise God, because he was without sin. Death could not hold him. Sin could not hold him. He rose from the grave and defeated those things that again, sin came and death came through one man and salvation as well comes through one man, the Lord Jesus Christ. But this new heaven and new earth has no bearing. It doesn't say, and the lake of fire will be transformed as well. Again, it's very popular today to teach that, you know what, hell's just here on earth. That's, that's the social, they call it the social gospel or the social justice gospel, which is not a gospel at all. They'll say hell here is when men are oppressed, that's hell. And the gospel is, again, the good news and salvation is when you come in and you minister to that injustice and they get freed from that injustice, which is hell, and that's the gospel. That's not the gospel. Look at when man sinned. Look at when man sinned, this whole world's under an oppression. And yes, there are wicked men that wickedly oppress others and they will give an account before God and absolutely practically we should contend on those issues and not bury our head in the sand when they are legitimate and some are legitimate and many of them are not legitimate because today everyone wants to be a victim that's the gospel of so many people you know what let me find a reason that i've been victimized so i can go over here and i can judge everyone and you know get on a self-righteous high horse that's pretty much what the bulk of this stuff the bulk of it is but here's the thing again this fire is not quenched with the new heaven and the new earth. It just isn't. 
If you're not born again, hear this. If you're not born again and you die and you're not born again, you are subjected to the second death. In Christ, we are born again. We're a new creation. We die with Christ on the cross and we come forth again, new in the Lord, baptized into the body of Christ, baptized into the family of God by grace through faith in the Lord. That's why there's great confidence in the Lord. But if you reject that, you push that away. Even if you want to say it's Jesus plus, I'm going to put faith in my works. That's a false gospel. Please go study the book of Galatians. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of even churches that are 1,700 years old. He doesn't respect the traditions of men, but he respects his word. In fact, he honors his word above his own name, and his word's true here. We need to be born again. Again, how do we overcome We are born of God. The Lord talks about hell more than he ever talks about heaven. And I understand that the idea of, okay, there actually is no hell or just here on earth and all this kind of stuff. It appeals to the flesh of men, but it's a disregard to the holiness of God. God's holy and he's not bringing rebellion and sin. He's not bringing this laundry list here of people that practice these things that these things are their Lord. Jesus is not their Lord. That's not going to be in glory. Otherwise, the new heaven and new earth, guess what? It's going to be just like this earth. How's that sound for eternity? (laughs) It sounds good until that back goes out, right? Then you're like, oh, Jesus, come get me. (laughs) Oh, Lord, come get me. the back back praying for service or something here so again notice the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars notice they have their part what's their part it's in the lake of fire uh or or the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death that's their part what's our part our part is the lord Our part is eternity. Our part is a new heaven and new earth by saying, Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me, wash me, be my God. Boy, it's good news, is it not? It's a free gift, but it is a free gift that will cost you your life. And so many don't want to lay down their life. They want to continue on with the error of Adam and say, I'll be my own God. I'll tell you what's right and what's wrong. I ain't going to bend knee to this God. I ain't going to bend knee. I'm not going to... I'm not going to bow down to this conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'll even explain that away. You give enough time and all this can just happen. We'll call it evolution. We came from monkeys. Not a shred of evidence for it, but we'll suppress the truth in this. And if we tell a big enough lie, again, enough people will believe in it and we'll comfort them in that. I'll give you some science. Life can only come from life. And there's something from called dna and if you give it enough time it won't just appear if if you you want to do a scientific study on this leave your house one day a mess and lock it up and it doesn't matter if you come back a day later a month later or a year later guess what that mess is still going to be there if we give it enough time the mess will clean itself up ain't gonna happen it is not 
going to happen. But if we just give it enough time and enough, uh, these, these guys were around. There's, there's an infinite number of parallel universes because there's so much time, aren't I smart? Dude, that's nonsense. Aren't we so smart here talking about this? That is so idiotic. That, that is not, that's scientifically wrong. That's never been observed. Life comes from life where there's design, there is a designer. Explosions do not produce order, I'm sorry. Amoebas on their own don't all of a sudden have the DNA of a four-celled animal. It just doesn't work that way. Anyhow, I'm just ranting over here. Again, they choose their own lordship though and then they come up with doctrines of demons and philosophies of men to try to suppress that truth. And God's going to honor that. Again, it's the free gift, but it will cost you your life. So again, they choose to be mastered by their own lordship versus yielding to Jesus Christ. They're under the law and will be judged by the law of God. Praise God, we're under grace. We're no longer under the law. We're under the shed blood of the Lord. But these are lawbreakers not under the shed blood of the lamb. And an evidence that we are under the shed blood of the lamb is that we want to use our liberty to serve our Lord because he's our Lord. And there might be areas in this list where there's a struggle, there's a wrestling match, but that's what it is. It's not a practice and embracing of these things. And there's so many false gospels coming into the church today to say you can embrace sexual immorality. You can embrace this stuff and be a follower of the Lord. That's not scriptural. The Bible says that's what you were. You don't continue worshiping that, identifying yourself with that. Our identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise God. I don't have to run around and say, well, you know what? I, because of my past sin, I identify with that. I'd have like five, six things in front of me. You know, I'm a, I'm a blank, 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 blank Christian. No, I'm a born again Christian. I'm washed. He is my Lord. The old man is I. I'm a new creation in Christ. And now practically there's a work in me to, to, to practically be more sanctified. I don't want to walk in these things. How, how wicked even to make provisions for it. This, this stuff kills. These lifestyles are dirty. They destroy Again, the idea of even taking God's grace and using it to, to walk in sin. The Bible calls it lewdness, and it's the idea, well, I'm saved, so now I can just live for lust. It's a denial of the Lord. It says there in Galatians 5.19, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which i tell you beforehand just as i also told you in times past notice that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god these people practice these things these are their lord they say there's nothing wrong in these things we embrace these things we walk in these things where the person that comes to christ says these things are sin forgive me lord save me it's paul wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death thanks be to god through the lord jesus christ I have some verses and stuff here. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we'll just quickly go through the list and continue in our notes, Lord willing. The cowardly. Look, they don't want to face the facts. 
There are these that are talked about there in John 3. They run from the light. Notice verse 19. And this is condemnation that the light has come into the world. That's Christ. And men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Cowards run from the light. They make excuses. They hold on to these lies. They suppress truth and unrighteousness. The unbelieving, and this is the key in all of this, they don't believe in Jesus. That's what they all have in common. They don't believe, they haven't put faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord. 1 John three twenty three. This is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. They're not born again because they haven't put faith in the Lord. So they're subjected to the second death. Ultimately, that's really the unforgivable sin. Not putting faith in Jesus. The abominable. They practice sin, which is an abomination before God. Notice there, Luke 16, the second half of 15, for what is highly esteemed amongst men is an abomination in the sight of God. And how sad we're living in a day where there's so much wicked sin that is highly esteemed amongst men. I kid you not. I kid you not. Last week, I, I, I have all these different news sources, and this came up in all these news sources. There, there is a church that was having Drag Queen Sunday. And they said, make sure you send your children with fives and ones because the queens love tips. Highly esteeming it. This is an abomination before God. You look at the downfall of just about every civilization, it's because they come to the point where they're not only no longer ashamed of sin, but they hold it in high esteem. They're proud of it. They parade of it, parade it. Let me tell you, those lifestyles destroy spiritually, mentally, and physically. They destroy. The average gay man lives to be 42 years old. You want to encourage your child in that? Shame on you. God made that a little boy or a little girl. Oh, but we're going to celebrate Transgender Day. It is wicked. That is satanic. That goes against, we're going to do it in school where, oh yeah, we also teach sciences. There's a boy and a girl that's actually observable science. This is satanic. That's not loving anybody at all. The abominable will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then you hear our president pray for his salvation even promoting these things so oftentimes in the name of God. Like, bro, you got no fear of God. That's the bulk of those guys. Oh, those liberals. Ah, Pretty much on the other side too for the most part. We got to pray for them. The murderers, literally and in the heart. Again, the Lord speaks to this in Matthew 5. Hating your brother is his murder before God. Again, verse number five, the sexually immoral. 
This would be the practice of such, the propping up of such, the practicing or the living of the lifestyle. And how sad, again, in so much of Christian today, provision wants to be made for this. Like, we got to walk on eggshells around these sins. No, we don't. I want to love you and I want to be truthful with you. The only sexual relations endorsed by God is one woman and one man and holy matrimony. Everything outside of that is sexual immorality. Satan knows the way to destroy a culture. Let me destroy that family. let's bring perversion in did not Balaam counsel Balak after he couldn't curse Israel how did he get that country to have a plague breakout sending the Moabite prostitutes and a plague broke out I can't curse them because they're God's people but let's send in this temptation it's destructive That's not God ruining your good time. That's God wanting to preserve you. There's nothing better than a husband and wife in holy matrimony before God. Men and women, guard your eyes. Shun that stuff. All those images, it's just poison. It is destructive spiritually. And it's been proven it will destroy your mind. It absolutely will. God's way is always better. Sorceries, witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We know this is tied into pharmakia, pharmakia, pharmaceuticals. So much of it being destructive. Notice Isaiah 8, 19. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should he seek, seek the dead on behalf of the living? Don't be praying to saints and Mary. Pray to the Lord. <laughs> he just called out witchcraft. Well, you know what? It's, 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 it's called out in the Bible, actually. I'll take God's word over the traditions of men. Oh, I don't think Jesus. Go, go look at the Lord's interactions with the Pharisees where he says, you follow the traditions of men. We follow the scriptures. It doesn't say the traditions of men will never fade. It says the word of God will never fade away. Sorceries, I'll tell you, this stuff's off the chart today. We've talked a lot about in Revelation. Idolaters, they worship something other than God all their days. This worship of the earth, it's insanity. Mother Earth, Gaia, whatever you want to call it. And so many other things. So oftentimes it's just that big heap of wood, hay, and stubble. Oh, my security. Well, fire's coming. That's not going to keep you secure. And we need to guard our hearts. First John 5, 21, little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. And he says, all liars. And that would be everyone if we're not covered by the blood of the lamb. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. Thank you, Lord. He is the truth. Let's strive to walk in the truth. Man, as a believer, if you get caught up in a web of lies and you start promoting them, look at if you're a true believer, God's gonna chasten you in those things. It is true. Honesty is always the best policy. Notice, notice, and and we got just a little bit of time left, but 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 
do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then notice what it says, do not be deceived. So many people deceived in this. Notice what it says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. A sodomite's an abuser of mankind through those acts. A homosexual is an effeminate man. You don't have to be considered a homosexual biblically through just engaging in those acts. This goes back to where it says men need to look and dress like men. And embracing an, a, of, of being an effeminate, how sad. Again, this culture, even, you know what, all we're going to make the big stores mix all the boys and girls' toys together. That's a promotion of homosexuality, if you really get down to it. It's wicked. It's a wicked world. But notice what it also says here, though. Extortioners and the covetous. You know, it, it's, it's easy. Again, it is true. We're oftentimes like, there's believers, there's even churches that just get they just have a spirit of covetous about them that they don't repent of look at if you're a believer in the lord he's going to correct you and if you're not getting that correction you might be illegitimate but notice praise god for verse 11 praise the lord and such were some of you notice but you were washed you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And then Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, notice, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Why? Why is that his heart? He says, I'm in Christ. I'm no longer under the law. I'm under grace. And what's the evidence of it? I want to be led by the Lord, not brought under the bondage of these things that Christ died for me and has freed me from. Now I can walk in liberty and get victory over. Oh, praise God. Praise God, but you were washed. And maybe you're here tonight, you need to get washed. Call upon the Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse nine, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Look at this angel that handed those great plagues as a result of sin, now sees the glory of the new Jerusalem. And think about it. We are sinners lost outside of Christ and we've seen at all different levels the plagues that come with sin. But praise God, in Christ, we're forgiven. And we're gonna see and participate in all these glorious things with God forever. Isn't that awesome? Take these truths to heart. I pray this illuminates our understanding a bit. You know, get up to that glass mirror and look through it. Strain through it as you look at this stuff. Again, notice 1 Corinthians 13, 12. We know that we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm known. And notice this city, we read earlier, it was adorned as a bride. Now she's called the bride of Christ. We read there in Revelation 21 too, as a bride adorned for her husband. And so this is where some people say, oh, I thought, I thought the church was the bride of Christ. And we are. Notice 2 Corinthians 11.2, I'm jealous for you 
with a godly jealously, for I betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. We see that throughout Scripture. And here's the thing. Look at the church isn't this building, is it? But the church is here tonight in this building. And that new Jerusalem, it's not the bride, the building, it's those that are going to be in the building. Look at this, this is this is this is where our mansions are going to be. And so it's those in the building that are the bride of Christ. And then verse 10, he says, And he carried me, me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven. So he, he's taken in the spirit. He has a great vantage point to see. And let me tell you, the flesh always blinds us. But when you walk in the spirit, you'll get eyes to see. It is so true. To this, again, new Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem, and even Jerusalem here, the old Jerusalem, you can say it's set apart. It's just... God chose that area. He says, this, this is holy. It's where David, again, ruled, where the temple was built, where Jesus died and rose. We know today it's a cup of trembling, just as the Bible said it would be. The tribulation revolves around us, where Jesus will return and reign for a thousand years. And again, the throne of God will come down on this new earth, which seems to, again, be a perfect version of the current earth and absolutely the new jerusalem will come down to that place next week lord willing we'll look at how massive this thing is it's like bigger than the moon it's huge i think they've divvied it up if there's 20 billion people in it everyone would have one cubic square mile you got you'll have a lot of room in your little mansion there Again, descending from, from heaven, from God. Again, where every good and perfect gift comes from them. And again, from heaven, which would be the sky, the first, second heaven, heaven, the third heaven where God reigns coming down here to earth. Verse 11, having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And so the glory of God or the Shekinah glory, which we see coming down so oftentimes in scripture, but then leaving because of men grieving the spirit of God, but the Shekinah glory is gonna be there forever. Notice crystal, clear as crystal, so there's nothing foggy, there's no sketchiness, it's pure transparency. And think about it, when Adam, before Adam sinned, him and his wife were, they were naked and they weren't ashamed. And then afterwards, immediately they hid themselves. Don't worry, you'll, be, you'll have a robe in heaven. I'm not saying that. But again, full transparency. Nothing shady, nothing sketchy, nothing being schemed. None of that in glory. It's like a jasper stone, which is made up of just endless colors. And ultimately, we know this light, it's the light of Christ who declares, I am the light of the world. In fact, though really next week, we'll see that he is, again, that which illuminates. There's no sun or moon in this place. And then verse 12, and she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Look at this great wall. It speaks of a, it's really a picture of peace and security and eternal safety. Really, you know, think about right now where the Lord says that 
his sheep are in his hands and no one can pluck him out. And he says, they're in my father's hands and no one can, can pluck, pluck us out of his hands. We do well to walk by faith to say, you know what, I'm in God's hands. Even anything that comes my way, I know God will see me through. He's with me in the fire and he's with me in the flood. Again, these gates are the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel who God set aside to bring forth the Messiah of the world. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 and so many other places that all the families of there should be blessed. And again, we know that we're in a time that will lead into the tribulation where all Israel will be saved. Natural Israel will come to faith in the Lord. And in this new heaven and earth, those 12 tribes, and in Numbers chapter 2, we read Judah, Ishashar, and Zebulun are to the east. Reuben, Simon, and Gad are to the south. These are the sons of Israel, the sons of Jacob. Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin were to the west. And then Dan, Asher, and Naphtali were to the north. You look, where are the Levites? Well, Ephraim and Manasseh are the sons of Joseph. And sometimes you'll see them together in Levi. And sometimes you'll see Ephraim and Manasseh and Levi over here, which was really dispersed amongst the 12 tribes as the priest. Because they didn't inherit a land like the other tribes. They were there to do the work of the Lord. So it'll probably be Joseph, Levi, Benjamin. But what a reminder. What a reminder of Christ that, again, God was faithful to bring forth the Savior of the world through Israel. And it just shows God's heart for Israel and his understanding. These are the people I chose to come through that all the families of the earth will be blessed and we'll know that forever. So if you're an anti-Semite, you need to get over it. And I know a few of them. Those Jews, look at, yeah, there's a lot of evil Jews, but there's a lot of evil everything else. <laughs> and it's all the more glorious that all Israel will be saved. We'll stop there. We can just put 14 and where we're going next week and it will fit well because I was kind of like, do we want to get to that or not? Heavenly Father, we bless you. We praise you. We just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are overcomers through Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that by grace through faith in you, Lord, we know that we are born again. We're a new creation and it's through you. Oh, Lord, if any man were to be honest and just look at himself, if even we could just really see how wretched we are, we would be like Paul saying, oh, woe is me. We know Paul wrote that to the Romans well into his ministry. He said, woe is me, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And we thank you for that answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our inheritance. Lord, we thank you for God what you wanted to tell us ahead of time to encourage us in this time. Let us be encouraged, Lord, to run the race with endurance. Hope and pray our faith has been built tonight. And I'd hope and pray these things would stir our hearts tonight, God, to get the gospel out to a world that needs to be born again, that needs Jesus. Lord, just bless every place where your gospel is being preached, Lord. And we pray this would be one of those places, Lord. God, you grant us grace and mercy to, again, Press forward as soldiers of the Lord. If you don't know Christ, call on him. You've heard the gospel tonight. I think you've heard it really clearly, the good news, and you've heard the bad news. Let me tell you, if there's, if, if, if there's not bad news, there's no good news, it's just news. There's really bad news, but there's such good news. Call upon the Lord. 
Lord, bless our time here now of fellowship and just the rest of our night here. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name and we sit together, amen.